You're listening to the We Lead Well podcast, where well-being matters. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Transform Education Coaching, headteacherchat.com and the Teach Well Alliance. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the We Lead Well podcast. I am Vicky Maguire. I'm an education and leadership coach. I work with schools to support school improvement through coaching and I do that in a number of ways. I do one-to-one coaching with school leaders to help support them in their roles, help them work through their challenges and improve their leadership. And I deliver coach training so that schools can create coaching communities that support the development of teaching and learning. I also do group coaching. I've got group coaching programs for female school leaders and I deliver the Resilient Leaders Elements program. If you're interested in any of the work that I do, you can email me and find out more about how I might be able to help you. It's vicky at weleadwell.co.uk. Well, welcome to the latest episode. Now, I go on a lot about coaching. (laughs) If you listen to the show regularly, you will know that. And I do totally believe in the power of coaching. But I also really believe in mentoring and I believe that there is a a right time for mentoring and often it's slightly different from coaching but I think the two go really well together and there should be a balance of mentoring and coaching in any organisation. So I'd like to introduce you today to Paula Kennedy. Paula's got 30 years experience of teaching and leadership in schools across London and the south of England. She was a deputy head in two challenging schools and this gives her a real insight into the often demanding role of leadership in a school. And she's got a really firm belief that all young people deserve excellent teaching. And this is what's at the core of what Paula does now. So she runs an organisation called Inspiration for All. And this organisation provides mentors for school leaders from the business community. So big organisations, I think KPMG is one of the uh, businesses that they work with, have mentors from their leadership teams who work with school leaders and this has been absolutely brilliant and actually uh, I think initially it was felt that the business leaders might be able to help the school leaders but from the conversation that I've had with Paula it turns out that the school leaders have also been able to help the business leaders to develop their leadership too and essentially when we create better leaders in schools we ultimately create a better education for our young people and that is totally what Paula is committed to. So I'm going to let her tell you all about it in today's interview. So here she is, Paula Kennedy. Enjoy. Paula Kennedy, welcome to the We Lead Well podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. And I'm really looking forward to this. It's it's exciting. Excellent. So would you mind starting off by just introducing yourself to the listener and telling them a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, um, my name's Paula, um, Paula Kennedy, and I'm a former um, teacher. I've been in education for 31 years, which sounds far too long, and um, but it, it's been an amazing journey. And for the last 14 of those, I was a school leader and um most recently I was a deputy head at a comprehensive school in South London and then about two years ago um, I became really interested in developing um, 
I don't know, more, more of those skills that I had around supporting people and understanding the importance of that because school leadership is really challenging. <laughs> and if you haven't got someone there to support you and um, help you get the be the best that you can be, then it can be a really demanding role. So I started looking at coaching and mentoring. And I also um, met Sarah Caton, who's the co-founder of Inspiration for All. And we decided to work together to improve outcomes for young people, especially from disadvantaged backgrounds by um, supporting school leaders and celebrating them as well, because they do a great job. So you left teaching altogether you left your role as a deputy head to do this full-time yeah so it's, it was a bit of a mad two years because I actually was training as a, a coach and a counsellor um helping Sarah get the business going um Sarah has really driven it and and um I was supporting her in that and working as a deputy head so it was pretty full-on for a little while so I stepped back and started doing um part-time and then at Christmas I decided to leave education and um concentrate solely on this so I'm six months in and I must admit I miss I miss the buzz of school and and the team that I worked with and I miss all the students but I also there's lots that I don't miss and there's lots that's really rewarding about this but I love I love talking to people and I love talking to school leaders and hearing about what they're doing so I'm sort of got best of both worlds in some ways. So you mentioned inspiration for all then Mm -hmm. so can you tell us what inspiration for all is what what is it you what is it you do at inspiration for all so um we exist to unlock opportunities for young people um especially for from disadvantaged backgrounds and we want to improve social mobility so that's like our purpose if you like and the way we go about that is by connecting school leaders and business leaders in a partnership where they can reflect on their leadership skills and they can um, develop those. Um, Because we know that school leadership is second only to classroom teaching in improving outcomes for young people. So it's really, really important. And if we can get that conversation going between school leaders and business leaders, then it sort of unlocks some of that talent that's out there and um, hopefully, you know, encourages um, young people to achieve, um, you know, what they're capable of. It's interesting that you say that and you mentioned that school leadership comes second only to the quality of teaching that's taking place in the classrooms. Why do you think it's school leadership is so important? And you mentioned for disadvantaged pupils as well. So why do you think school improvement is so important? school leadership I should say is so important in disadvantaged areas in particular um I think I think there's um lots going on around social mobility so um I think you know in we've we've seen the pandemic make things worse um we think you know that that gap is going to get wider and I think when we look at some of the systemic issues around social mobility um schools have a role to play there I know home life is important as well and when schools are working in a disadvantaged area there's more challenges because schools um, might be more stretched or less resourced because resources have to be used in different ways. I also think that um, sometimes the school is um, that the, the 
the only support or one of the main supports for the young person's education. So it's significantly more important. And because it's more challenging and because it's also more important, I think that's why, you know, we wanted to focus there because if we can, you know, bring about um, improvement of leadership skills, then you're going to get better communication. There's going to be a greater cohesion amongst the, the school and the leadership. And also um, it's going to be more, I don't know, what's the word? Um, more consistent, more consistent leadership. Because again, if you've got a stable leadership, then you're going to embed um, a culture that's going to work better for the young people there. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I feel that lots of people in schools and I haven't worked in business, so I don't know if it's the case. I have a feeling it might be in some businesses, but people, they are really good teachers. So they end up being leaders. Is there a correlation between being a good teacher and being a good leader? I'm not sure in some respects, possibly, but it just happens that they're promoted to maybe a second department role a head of department role and then they enjoy leadership so they go for an assistant head role but a lot of it is it's intuitive I know for me as a leader nobody taught me how to do it I looked around and saw what I thought was good what I wanted to do what I didn't want to do read books you know and did the research myself and picked things up but I wasn't taught to be a leader and I didn't have any specific leadership support necessarily so I'm wondering whether something like this is a way of providing that support that probably has been lacking in schools in the past. Mm, uh, the, the people can't see me um, smiling because we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking. This is a podcast, not a, a video. But um, I couldn't agree with you more in, in the sense of that's exactly how I felt um, in my leadership journey. You know, you're a good classroom teacher. Um, so then you step up to, say, be a head of department, you know, key stage manager. Then you go on to be an assistant head and a deputy head. And even though um, I went on courses and I did a day here and a day there and like, you said you know you read books and you you sort of absorb some of it by osmosis almost it is actually something that isn't really developed intrinsically or I mean maybe that's a bit unfair but that's what it felt like it felt a bit like you know there was something there for you to use but how did you really evolve that and grow your own leadership day to day and really understand it so I think um I think it's really important that we are developing that in leaders um, in schools. And I want to do that in a way that is consistent. Um, so it does feel that you've got something that you're developing and growing rather than it being, you know, like a one off day up in, I don't know, in London, where you, you come back full of excitement and, you know, <laughs> to, to be this new person and then, the, the, the next thing happens and you're right back in it again with, you know, operational things right in front of your face. Um, so I think for me, there was something around working with business leaders um, where I do think there's more investment and into leadership. It is recognised as something, you know, they really want to develop and grow. And, and I don't mean that to be critical of schools. I just think it's, you know, that they've probably got more resources around that. 
And I think if there could be that exchange of ideas or, you know, explicitly exploring those skills and in a more sustainable way, because it's that the, the leaders meet for nine hours over nine months, like once a month, they meet for an hour, then it, it feels like it has a more um, consistent impact, I suppose. But yeah, I think that's what it was about. You know, what, what can we magpie from businesses and how can we support school leaders? And lastly, so I'm, I'm talking quite a lot here on this question, but um, it's a two-way thing as well. It's definitely a two-way partnership. The business leaders learn from the school leaders um, and they learn a lot about, you know, how to manage large groups of um People, you know, often they're surprised that, you know, an exec head can be responsible for 300 plus staff, you know, when you look at the whole the whole staff body and, and they're managing those and leading those. And sometimes, you know, business leaders, you know, think, well, that's, that's huge. And, um, and so it's really eye opening for them. I think one of the things that strikes me is that all the research shows that professional development needs to be sustained over a longer period of time like you say you know the old model was send someone out on a course for a day and then they learn all this stuff and they come back in school and apply it all my experience was always I went out for a day loved it thought I've so many good ideas here and then like you're saying you're back in school you're onto the treadmill again and you just don't get time to implement those things and then it's not revisited. It's just been a day that you've been to and enjoyed and had a nice lunch. And, oh, I remember that course, wasn't it good? But in actual fact, it needs to be sustained over a period of time. So I think that's important. That's an important element of it. When I was at the year afterwards, I was an NQT. I did some work with Manchester University. And one of the elements of the project that I was doing was looking into professional development and one of the things that came most strongly out of the work that I did with questionnaires asking staff about most effective ways of developing themselves was professional discussion. That came out as the number one thing that, that teachers felt like supported their professional development better. So there's another element of it. But another thing that it made me think of is... I think as a leader, just going back to what I was saying about how you don't really get a lot of training and you just do things instinctively or intuitively. If someone had asked me when I was a head of English what I was doing to make my department better, and you know, we ended up with 90% A star to C in, in the English department at the school I was working in, I wouldn't have known. Mm. I think I would have said, I don't know, I just, I just do it I just like I just I don't know what I do and then I went to work in a school and do some school support in another school so I had to really think about exactly what I did so I could share that with someone else but allowing for the reflection and the conversation helps school leaders to identify what they're doing and the elements of their role that they focus on doesn't it and then once you understand that and you know those different things that you're doing, like the operational planning, how you're using project management, how you're communicating, how you're building your teams, it can help you then to focus on areas where you want to improve. It can be like providing that space for reflection and understanding what you do in your role can be really good then at helping you to understand what you need to do to be even better. Yeah, no, again, you know, we're, we're completely on the same page because, um, I mean, great results, by the way. That, that oh, sounds 
but um um i i totally agree like how how where where did we have the language to articulate what we were doing when it was so instinctive and 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 sometimes almost if you can't name it it's really hard to sort of celebrate it or recognize it yeah. and so i think that's that's a really important thing and i think um a lot of our school leaders have found it really validating working with business leaders because they can you know that that the a lot of the behaviors and a lot of the qualities they have a mirrored in industry and again you know I don't want to imply that there's you know a hierarchy because there isn't at all you know it's schools are amazing and they're big businesses themselves but I think sometimes you know it is good to feel confident about what you're doing feel validated and that's really empowering and um, one of the, you know, on the course, we, we focus on the three strands of leadership. And the first one is about understanding yourself and knowing your vision and your values and, and what you're there for. And again, I can't really remember sitting down and doing that myself. You know, yeah. you, you thought like, again, you, you absorb it and you might be able to name it if you were pushed. But I don't remember really having that conversation with anyone. And then the second strand is really, again, what you've, you've just mentioned about communication and delegating and empowering your team but also I think a third strand that's really important is that vision and that wider leadership and that outward focus Um, one of the comments that I hear really frequently when I speak to school leaders on the programme is that they um, wanted to come on the programme to get that fresh perspective because they say there's there's this word silo that comes up quite a lot you know working in a school is a bit like you work in a silo or someone said the other day it's a bit like being caught in a bubble you know you're in that school bubble and and you're very inward looking because it is operational at times and I know businesses are operational too but I think in schools we can become quite inward looking so if you do have that opportunity to reflect on yourself as a leader um, you know name what you're doing and have that that space to um, you know really think differently or get a different perspective I think that's invaluable and I know lots of our leaders um, really really value that. I I don't know if this is the case. You might be able to tell me whether I'm right or wrong in this. I, I feel like in industry, businesses understand the different aspects of leadership and management better, you know, in terms of project management tools or data security, business planning, you know, sales and marketing, things like that, that schools don't necessarily use that type of language. But if they did, it would help them to be a lot clearer on the different things that they're doing i'm wondering whether the the you know the business when when you get the people in from industry and they come from a business if that's a way that they help to develop school leaders as well yeah um uh, yeah it's you know it's around processes and again sort of explicitly and um, some of the things that's coming to mind is um, even just writing a report for governors. I remember one head teacher saying that um, that just they, they sat down and they just looked at the different reports that they wrote to their boards. So the, the, the guy that he was working with would, would d- deliver a report to the board at the company that they work for. And so they compared the governor's report and he realised just how much 
detail was in the governor's report and actually it just needed a one page if that summary and then if people had questions they could ask ask those questions and that sort of transformed his workload really yeah and also you know that the the meetings and really sort of honing in or not ho- honing homing in on that headline rather than um, getting lost in the detail so you know even at practical levels like that and um, another head teacher who's in um Northumberland was talking about recruitment and the recruitment process because again schools have always done it like this um, and I and I follow Twitter and I can see lots and lots of tweets about the recruitment process and how onerous it is you know you go to a school for a day you teach etc which is great and I can understand why that's all there but if you've got if you're talking to someone who has a different process then you might reflect on what you're doing and at her school she actually got it was really clever she got um, her her senior leaders who are applying for another role to write a job description for that role, what they thought it was for, what it was about. And it really forced, not forced them again, that's um, perhaps that's <laughs> a bit like, you know, putting them under a cosh or something, but um, she, it, it, it really got them thinking about what the role was why they were suited to it and she said that saved loads of time because they had to think really deeply about what the role was and why they were applying for it and um imagining you know how they would be in that role and it meant that um they had a better understanding and when it came to the interview process the applications were so good and so helpful that it streamlined that whole thing too so those are just two examples of sort of practical ways that um, processes can be reflected on um, between businesses and schools and um, you know you know give you that that different way of looking at things and and you can change what you do I mean, it sounds like it's really impactful. So, you know, what do you see as the other impacts of the programme for, I suppose, school leaders and business leaders as well? So I think I think the first thing is that fresh perspective. And um, I think for both business and school leaders, they really value that. They, they really value connecting with leaders in a different context. Um, because, you know, in business as well, you, you can be in your own bubble or your own silo. So um, understanding what's going on and also for businesses, I think it's um, a real insight to the chalk face and some of the challenges that schools are facing, um, especially around diversity, because that they need to employ this talent in the future. They need to understand the barriers that are stopping um, young people applying to some of the corporate companies because if they don't understand it they're not going to recruit them and their company won't thrive because they're missing out on a whole pool of talent so I think I think that's a really um, significant thing for them as well and, and actually the business leaders I think feel um, they want to pay back you know they they um, it's, it's a really um, it's a really powerful way and and quite quite helpful in terms of time because it's an hour a month you know people are busy people school leaders are busy the business leaders are busy so it's an hour a month so it's it's a, it's a relatively easy way to pay back in that sense but going back to school leaders you know so they they both get that fresh perspective and that chance to reflect but i think it's also um you know focusing on leadership at, at 
excellence with other ambitious leaders. Um, it's also, you know, we've touched on this about exploring relevant challenges and um, discovering new ways of doing things. And I've mentioned this already, but really about building confidence and empowering teams. So, you know, there's, there's lots, but those would be the main things that I think people get out of it. I think that for me, what you just said there is the idea of ambitious leaders focusing on leadership excellence. And I think you're probably in the same boat as me in that I didn't have an opportunity to do that when I was a school leader. I think even as a deputy head, I probably didn't have that opportunity to work with other ambitious leaders, thinking about really what leadership is and what leadership excellence is so I'm assuming that there's probably a, a heck of a lot of interest in this so if a head teacher is interested in the program how would they go about finding out more about it and and putting some of their leaders onto the program so the the, the the straightforward answer is they can get in touch with me or they can um, go on the website it's um, inspiration for all um, but we're also um, you know building connections with mats and mat level so that um, there's there's some sort of strategic um, overview of looking at how to use the resource in in terms of the program across their schools and we find that where people have had someone on the program they're naturally the advocates for it so um, very you know where uh, Matt has had um, three heads on now they're coming to us and asking you know for another five or six places for September so they can um, either get in touch with me I don't know if we can share my email address or something or I don't know how we do that I'll put but, it in the show notes yeah and um, also you know um, google inspiration for all and find the website but it might be worth just going to, to the map level and finding out what whether there's something already in the pipeline because we're, we're growing those partnerships right now it's I mean it's interesting I'm I'm quite interested in sort of the story behind it and how you've ended up as a deputy (laughs) how you've ended up creating this business and and doing that because like you were saying I don't know what sort of connections you had in business but sort of what is the story behind it Before we find out the story about how Paula created the business, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our partner, Head Teacher Chat. Head Teacher Chat discusses lots of topics, from how to support pupils with learning, how to support parents, and the many issues that come with leading a school. The aim of Head Teacher Chat is to support head teachers and school leaders who are in a challenging and often lonely role. They do this by offering lots of information for schools to tap into. For example, they have lots of fantastic education companies on their database for leaders to discover, as well as leadership templates to download. They've written product reviews for leaders who are looking for products for their school. And this year, they've even launched the very first school leader planner, especially designed to help leaders to be productive and organised. If you'd like to hear more about Head Teacher Chat, you can find them on their website at www.headteacherchat.com. Head Teacher Chat. It's what head teachers are talking about. Now let's get back to the interview. So um, 
the story is, um, I remember really clearly standing in the school library on a November afternoon. It was Friday and it was pouring with rain and we had all of our sixth formers um, in the library and we, there was some initiative, and I can't remember who organised it, where um, we were connecting the sixth formers with the business leader. And um, because it was in London, I think it's relatively easy to have quite a big pool of people because of the transport system and everything. Not not saying it's not easy elsewhere, but um, there, there were... Um, quite a few business leaders there and I remember standing there um, listening to some of the conversations and I, I just saw something magical happen because the this the students suddenly had this space to talk about their aspirations um, to talk about what things were like for them it was about sort of sharing that excellence and um, thinking about the future and it was it was really transformative. Um, and I just remember standing there thinking, I would really like an hour with that person, you know, who, who's an executive at BT or whatever, um, because I really would love to pick their brains about, um, you know, what it's like to, to be a leader in that business. And so that sort of stayed with me, that idea, you know, it's great that the six formers had this opportunity, but I felt that I could have done with a bit of that. Um, I also um, worked as a deputy head in Hampshire and I had a really fabulous mentor while I was there but she had been a head of lots of schools in Hampshire and so even though um, you know everything was confidential it was also quite difficult to be really vulnerable because I was aware of all her network and her connections and I wanted to present myself I suppose in a more um, together way than perhaps I was feeling at the time and so when I met Sarah, who um, has been a maths teacher, but also has worked um, in business globally um, for the last 25 years. It was like the two worlds came together. And um, I'd always had this idea about this non-judgmental space where the talking to someone who's not going to say to you, or oh, in my school, we did it like this, or have you tried that? Or someone who perhaps knows everyone in your organization and above. Um, so it was, it was about having that space to reflect and step back. And um, also with someone who was on a similar, you know, level of leadership or had been on a journey through that process as well. And as we talked earlier, you know, maybe had, um, some more resources and investment in their leadership. So it felt if we could bring those two worlds together, there might be something really interesting and um, powerful that could happen. And so that's what we did. We ran a pilot um, with, I think, about 13 um, heads and deputy heads. Um, and I, I used my network and Sarah used her network and we connected them. And then... Um, as the idea grew and we honed it, um, we've now seeking sponsorship from corporates such as, and the ones that we have, part, have partnerships with at the moment are KPMG, um, Linklaters, um, some of our mentors come from Lego Education and Pearson, and we've got other um, corporates in the pipeline who want to come on board. And so once we started getting interest from corporates in terms of their um, social responsibility agenda, then we were able to connect 
the two worlds in a way that where you know it benefits everyone so it's it's sort of grown from that really from a rainy november friday afternoon and that that just see that seed of an idea and then um you know meeting sarah and um you know sarah and i've been able to sort of grow it into what it is now some school leaders and teachers who are listening to this might not recognize what you just referred to the social so it's corporate social responsibility so so it's csr um and sometimes called esg which i think is environmental social and governance and um, most big corporate companies um have an aspect of that to their their company culture because they recognize it's really important to give back to society and it's a way of them doing that in an effective way um, at an organisational level. And and that obviously works for you because it means that big corporations are more likely to want to be involved in something like this. Yeah, I I think um, big corporations um, want to make a difference too. I think they, they do it's, it's important to them, not just as a bottom line for businesses. I've talked about, you know, they, they need the best talent in their businesses that they can get, but also because they're, they're people like us and they want to make a difference and they care about society and they care about social mobility. And um, so this is one vehicle that they can use to get their leaders involved in, in giving back. I... <laughs> I had a question in my head then, and it's just completely gone. And this happens regularly because I think I've got perimenopausal brain fog. So I just sometimes I just have to uh, just ad lib for a while while I remember what the question was. Um, I mean, I suppose you've you've had lots of people working together, and obviously there's a confidentiality. You know, I don't want you to like sort of think I'm asking you about anything confidential. But can you give me some examples of? where people have been partnered up and how they've worked together and how it's been effective for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got lots of stories, so it's like quite hard to know where to start. But um, so so we 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 match, we, we speak to the leaders one-to-one and they fill in a form. And from that form, we match the school leader with a business leader. And um, most of the time the matching works out. And then there's a launch event with some training and then there's a launch event where um, we give space for the school leader and business leader to sort of get, you know, break the ice and meet. And then after that, there, there's a, a framework or a program to follow, but often it grows organically. So when I speak to a school leader about um the, the match and the partnership often you know they, they say it's brilliant it's it's amazing you know how did you do it and and all of these sorts of things but I think because they are two professional people who are passionate about what they're doing often you know the the, the match is successful because of the type of people they are and um you know some some people have found it absolutely I don't know transformative because it's given them as we've said that space to sort of um, step back and think and um, I remember speaking to one 
um, assistant head, actually. And I remember her saying, I, my, I realise my opinion is valid. And, you know, earlier you, you and I were talking about women in leadership. And again, I don't want to stereotype or, or put people in a box, but that's something I sometimes hear from women about, um, you know, really feeling they have to be 100% confident before they put an idea forward because they, they have, to, you know, they, they want to know that it's not going to be criticised or shot down. And so it, it um, just speaking to another woman in business helped her overcome some of those confidence issues, really. And um, she was able to go out there and approach her head and um, some suggest some ideas. Um, and one of them was to have some stand up meetings in the morning. So for um, five minutes, everybody gets together, stand up meeting. What's your day like? How's things going? Anything on the agenda we need to be aware of? No, everybody have a fabulous day. Off you go. And it was a really great way for to improve communication between her and her team, empower them. It was nice for everybody to have time to check in. And it, it was really you know, it was it was a way to really improve her leadership of her team. So that's one example. Um, I mean, there's there's something that's in the front of my mind because I spoke to somebody just the other day who'd um, used a personality test. It was called the Personality Compass, and her and her business leader were both. Um, going to run a course for their middle leaders in their organizations and they were thinking about how could they launch this course in a really positive and powerful way and they came across the personality compass and I won't go into all the details now but it's amazing I mean I'm definitely magpie in that idea <laughs> um, it's, um, and um, she she introduced it and it was a huge success and you know you could see that it was a game changer really because she'd set this group of middle leaders off on this course in a really positive and impactful way and um so that's that's one thing um there's a lot of diary comparisons that go on so um sometimes it's just really interesting to see somebody else's diary i don't see other pieces other people's <laughs> diary in school I don't know how they managed it did they color code it um did they put alarms on I don't know and so just being able to um see how somebody else organizes their day is is really helpful and I know that there's been lots of conversations about um how to delegate how to have a difficult conversation, which really comes back to your values and being really certain about what you're trying to achieve, you know, and it's about the students and, and what's best for them. Um, so lots of things. Um, I don't know if that's answered your question or whether there's anything else I could add. No, I, I think it has. I wonder, um, it's interesting that you talk about difficult conversations because I do a lot of work with senior leaders and that is something that comes up regularly uh, challenging difficult conversations which I advise people to change the language of that to curious mm. conversation or going on a fact-finding mission or whatever it might be um, or holding people to account how have you found the difference I don't know if I don't know if you have but I, I'm interested in one of the things that I think senior leaders in schools struggle with is when they're holding other people to account, they've got no teeth. Like you, you don't, you don't have a, you don't have a process for holding other people to account. And I'm wondering whether there's been any benefits in terms of 
people understanding how businesses hold hold people to account or susan scott in fierce leadership calls it holding others able you hold yourself accountable and hold others able but that's sorry i've just gone off on a tangent there but (laughs) in terms of holding others to account is there any work that's taken place that's supported school leaders to do that more effectively yeah definitely um and I can't remember all of the details, but again, it's brought up another story where a head teacher um, had to hold um, a member of her senior leadership team to account and, and was struggling um, to do that. And by having a conversation with her um, business leader partner, she, she talked about those difficult conversations in the sense of be curious, understand what's going on for that person. And um, my, my analogy is always the bucket analogy. I don't know if you've heard of that you know everybody's carrying around a bucket and um, it's either half full of water nearly empty or it's about to slosh over so it's you you don't know what's what's going on for that other person in terms of their sort of emotional bucket if you like that they're they're carrying around so it's really um, important to you know be curious and understand what's going on for a person and then by having that stepped conversation and those check-ins she was able to you know have a conversation with that person, understand where they were coming from, put steps in place to support them and help them. And then when still their, their performance hadn't improved, then she could have a different type of conversation about what was going on, were there any other barriers? And also coming back to her own values was really helpful because her values were about what was best for the students and best for that school community. And so it helped her perhaps put some aside some of her feelings of feeling a bit awkward or um, feeling, I don't know, I can't think of the word, but just, just you know, worrying about upsetting someone, I suppose, yeah. at the end of the yeah. day. And, and um, just getting that perspective and being able to step back from it enabled her to to move that conversation forward and it ended well for everyone so it wasn't um so so, you know it did make a difference in a positive way and I think I think there's been lots of conversations around those um sort of things and it is about communication and setting out clear boundaries really and you don't have to be mean to do that you don't have to you know change any of your values or the type of person you are you've just got to recognize that they're really important conversations if you're going to do the best for your students so I think that that's worked both ways really well you do have to be honest don't you I think the struggle is sometimes a lot of leaders that I work with identify integrity and honesty as their core values and Mm -hmm. then struggle to have an honest conversation with members of staff and they're not they're not leading from their values I guess Mm. I'm thinking that actually having that relationship with someone else means that you've got a space that's outside your school so you feel like you can really be open with someone um, about what's going on in your school and it can help the school leaders to work through some of those things and figure things out I suppose in terms of what they're going to do about it with someone external who can give that more independent perspective and and support that conversation and support them as they work through some of the challenges that they might be facing with with that holding others to account or yeah yeah just just having someone um who can um step back 
you know, like is it that sounding board or that space. And I think it's really, really important as part of the programme that it is that non-judgmental and trusting space. But also you can talk about um, people in your organisation and that person doesn't have a clue who they are. They're not connected to them in any way. And, and that, that also take some of the emotion out of it or some of the personalities because you've got to be quite objective about how you explain that so if someone's really annoying you you've got to explain why and what it is about their behavior and that in itself going through that process is is helping you understand um the situation a little bit more and some of the um dynamics that are are going on there so what is next for inspiration for all what 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 are your plans coming up so um it's really we, we re, impact is really important for us we're we're about solving a problem um and the problem is social mobility i don't think we're going to solve that um <laughs> i think i need <laughs> few more years on the planet to do that Um, but if we can make a difference to school leadership so that it it empowers leaders you know to have those schools where um, the culture is around that communication that consistency um, and that community then I think that will improve outcomes for young people so we know that there's 7,000 schools in the UK where the pupil premium number is over 30%. So I suppose if we could work with each of those schools and some of the leaders in the schools and, and give them this space and this opportunity to develop their skills or to, to you know find the value that others have found in the programme, then we would be going... Um, a long way I think to feel that we were making a difference but it's it's really about the impact you know what what is the impact on that leader and how is it making a difference in their school and the way that their school faces the challenges that they they face. Well listeners to the show will know that I am an advocate for women in leadership and I think it was before we started recording you mentioned something about women in in leadership in education Uh, have you got plans to do something specifically focusing on women in leadership yeah so I'd love to have a group um that that just focuses on women and um I've been speaking to women ed and I'd like to scope that out and and see if we could trial something so that we've got something that's specifically around women and also potentially around other um groups so um in education that are underrepresented at a leadership level um, so there's that opportunity as well, you know, getting like-minded um, business people involved and creating cohorts around a theme like women in leadership. So that's definitely something we're looking at and and thinking about trialling for September. So that's on the agenda. And Excellent. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. And you and I are both resilient leaders elements consultants aren't we and obviously strong advocates for that I think it's in absolutely you've talked about the transformational power of the the partnerships that you're creating with people and businesses and I totally believe in the the transformational power of the resilient leaders elements 
is there a way that you you're thinking about implementing what we do with resilient leaders elements in this um so i haven't i haven't scoped this out and and it's just perhaps a little bit um of a what do you I'm call a it a seed a at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a seed of an idea that's how I'll explain it and it might not germinate I don't know um but there was one thought that um after leadership development programs so, so like the resilient leaders elements and all the great stuff that it does there around you understanding yourself as a leader by what you do and who you are um to to really embed those goals and the the good learning that, that takes place or that self-knowledge I wondered whether um, the inspiring partnerships program would work for alumni because it further embeds that it provides that space for an hour a month over nine months to continue on that journey and have somebody um, from business there to support you um, going forward working on those areas of development that you identified on the resilient e leaders elements so it sounds it sounds neat and good when I say it out loud, but I haven't thought it through and I haven't um, thought through, you know, how we'd manage that. But that's that's the beginnings of an idea. You know, how does this work for alumni of other leadership programs where the leadership program might be um, more based around the individual and, and their learning in a sort of more coaching, mentoring way? And then this partnership comes off the back of that and really gives people the space to continue and sustain that development, which almost brings us right round to what we were talking about at the beginning, you know, where we have these flash in the pan things. I'm not saying any of these programs are like that, but, you know, you know, how do you sustain that growth and development when you're in a demanding job in a busy school, um, having a fabulous time, but also, um, you know facing all the challenges that you face day in and day out and like this is a, the awkward bit isn't it because people listening now are going to be thinking well yeah this sounds amazing but is it really expensive am I going to be able to afford it so in terms of the practicalities with sort of the funding of it, it, it how does that work because you talked about it being sort of social um response the, the social responsibility yes, of businesses yeah. um are there any ways that that schools could potentially so so um the the cost to be on the program is 1500 but we heavily subsidize that so we, because we have um corporate parts we are able to subsidize that and charge school leaders 750 pounds if they have more than one leader from an organization it goes down to 600 pounds but where we can we um, do look for full sponsorship and in the past we've been able to offer full sponsorship um, to the the majority of leaders on our program and so I suppose that you know if we think about the two to one model maybe um two to one fully funded places to one that's paid for but it's a bit of a chicken and an egg situation and so until we know um how many business leaders we've got on board for September and how many school leaders we won't be able to say definitively how many sponsor places we would be able to fully sponsor places we would be able to give so at the moment I think if people are interested if they think of it as 750 pounds maybe 600 if there's more than one leader but we will 
endeavor to, to, to make as many of those as um, fully sponsored as possible. I, I, I always, I feel like I need to address this because schools spend up to 80% of their budget on staffing and mm. we've we've just explored it I think right right at the start how the quality of teaching first of all has the most impact on pupils and then the quality of leadership in a school so it's really important isn't it for heads and senior leaders to understand that when you invest money in the professional development of your staff, you will reap the rewards of it in the future. It will have, if you if you focus on those things, the quality of teaching and the quality of your leadership and providing excellent training for them and excellent opportunities to develop as leaders and, and teachers, it's it's money well spent. It's, it's an investment in the future, isn't it? And it's supporting the pupils in your school in essence to achieve better outcomes isn't it and I think too many school leaders I don't know if they really have grasped that the vast amount of money that you're spending if you're spending 80% on your staffing then you need to spend a significant amount on professional development for those staff. Absolutely um, 100% agree and um, I think there's sometimes there's a bit of a leaders eat last culture, um, you know, around yeah. school leadership. And, um, I think it, what we're finding is that a lot of um, the head teachers on our programme may not have had their own any professional development for the last three or four years. And actually, when this opportunity comes up, they think, yeah, it's about time that I did something for myself. And, and it is really important because if you're not looking after yourself, you're not going to be able to look after um, your team or the people in the school. And when we, we, we did an impact report um, for last year and three of four, three out of four of the leaders said they are now more likely to stay on in school leadership. And when we've got the crisis that we've going got going on at the moment, where I think is it something I, I can't remember the number, something like 30% of um, school leaders are thinking it's might more than that. It's isn't more, it? 50 it's more, yeah. I think it might be up 50%. Leaders. Yeah. So, so it's I think really, it's something really, like 30% are thinking of leaving in the next 12 months. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Imminently. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if um, we're retaining those school leaders by valuing, you know, giving them this space and there's other leadership development courses out there um, like the MPQs and they're great and that they've got their place. But I think what a lot of leaders really value about this programme is that, number one, there's not there's no paperwork. Um, you don't have to write an assessment. You're not doing an action research. You are, you know, you, you get out of it what you put into it. And it's, it's about your own personal development. So I think they really value that as well and it's a really manageable because like I say it's an hour a month over nine months but also you know, from the impact report um 100% of um the leader says their leadership skills had improved they felt more capable really important they enjoyed the program I think that's really important you've got to look forward to it you're busy yeah. you know if this is if, if this is the hour that's coming up for you on Monday afternoon at four o'clock you've got to feel that you're getting something from it and you value it and you're enjoying it and then they felt more empowered to lead their relationships with others and improved and they felt more confident as a leader so those are just some things that I'm reading off um, the impact report at the moment but um, so I think this is 
crucial and this is really important and we really need to value our school leaders because it's tough it's fabulous it's a great job but it's a tough job um it impacts on your well-being there's huge workload but um if we can um, provide a space which brings around about all of these things you know feeling more empowered feeling more capable more confident um improving your leadership skills then i think it's it's worth every penny Absolutely. I totally agree. They were a great place to finish. So just a reminder, what's the website? We'll put you, we'll put your email address in the show notes, but just remind people of the website so they can go and have a look. So the website is called Inspiration for All. So that's the organization and our program is called the Inspiring Partnerships Program. Brilliant. Paula, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really great to talk to you. There's so much to take there from Paula with regard to how much value you can get from mentoring. But I think the important thing to think about is how much value you get from providing a space to allow yourself as head teacher or a deputy head teacher or an assistant head or the leaders who work with you, whether that's middle leaders or senior leaders, to provide them the space to explore their own leadership and for them to think about their own professional development and what they need. One of the biggest bits of feedback that I get from the Women Leaders Group coaching programs that I lead and the coaching that I do is that the leaders who are being coached value the space that's created because they are so busy, because once once the academic year starts, you're on the hamster wheel and schools are frenetic, very, very busy places where you don't ever get a minute to yourself to sit, to think, to work out exactly what it is you need, to think about how you can strategize for the future. And often when those leaders get home, they're in a very busy family environment or there are other things that are keeping them busy at home as well. So they don't necessarily get that space there either. And whether you have mentoring or whether you engage in coaching or whether you join a network or a group coaching program, that can provide for you the space that you need to become a better leader, to become more confident, to develop more self-awareness, to be much more aware of the clarity in your direction, thinking about where you want to go yourself as an individual, as a leader, as a person, but also where you want to take your organisation and how you want to move forward in that. So I can't stress enough the power of connection. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to connection, a space to think, a space to talk, a space to be listened to. And that is really, really valuable. And often school leaders don't understand the power of coaching until they experience it. So if you would like to explore or you'd like to talk about what coaching could do for you, and how it could develop you as a person or as a leader, do get in touch with me. It's vicky at weleadwell.co.uk. I have a group coaching program that has now opened up that will be starting in January. I'd love you to join me on that. All of the feedback that I get from that program is that it's been really, really helpful. It's actually helped people to be really clear about what they want to do. Some people have changed 
career, change their life as a result of it. It truly is transformational. So if you'd like to talk to me about that, email me at Vicky at We Lead Well and we can have a chat. That's all we've got time for today. So I will see you next time. I've got some brilliant interviews coming up to look forward to. So watch this space and I will speak to you next time. Take care of yourself, take care of your staff and lead well. This episode of the We Lead Well podcast was brought to you in partnership with Transform Education Coaching, headteacherchats.com and the Teach Well Alliance.
This episode of the We Lead Well podcast was brought to you in partnership with Transform Education Coaching, headteacherchats.com and the Teach Well Alliance.